Anyone who plays high-level competitive sport particularly, you have to bounce back. Hey, this is Karis and welcome to Teach Me in 20, the podcast where I chat to a new guest each week and prove everyone you meet has something to teach you. Whether they've achieved something amazing or they're doing something incredible in their line of work, everyone has a story to share. And this week, we're chatting with Karen Pratt. Karen is a former top 150 ranked singles player on the women's tennis circuit. She then moved into broadcasting and has commentated at multiple Olympic and Commonwealth Games. And she's now the president of the International Tennis Club of Australia. The IC has an initiative called Beyond the Tour, and it's all about helping players transition into that stage of their life after playing. So I wanted to chat to Karen about that work she's doing and also her experience from going from a full-time athlete to life thereafter. If you like the chat, be sure to rate and review it, or you can head on over to our Facebook group and you can be the one to ask Karen the questions. Let's get to it. Teach me in 20. Teach me in 20. Karen Pratt joins me. Hey, Karen. Hey, Karis. How are you? I'm good. So I wanted to chat with you and get your take on your experience of transitioning from playing to then life after sport, because it is a big deal. And with the International Club having their initiative beyond the tour, um, it's helping tennis players sort of build the tennis community and helping those players transition from retirement. How did you go when you first retired? How did you feel? <laughs> well, I, I sort of felt relieved in some ways. At- at that point, uh, I think I battled a little bit with frustration in the latter stages of my tennis career, and I was really excited about starting something new. And I had a pretty firm idea about what I wanted to do, and and set about doing that. So, look, there may have been some little bumps and humps along the way at the time, but we are talking ancient history here, so I can't <laughs> remember those so well. But I do remember just thinking, get on with the next thing, and I think I'd sort of done a bit preparing that and and I was ready to move on in many ways so I think I was extremely lucky in that sense and that I did find something extremely uh, stimulating and satisfying to move on to. Yeah did you have a plan leading up so were you like I'm going to retire in August or you sort of just it fell that way when you retired? Look for me I'd actually I was in the first intake of the Australian Institute of Sport the AIS in in 19 I think it was 81 so 81 82 83 I was there on um, part tennis scholarship studying at what's now the, the University of Canberra and so I was really quite interested in my studies and certainly um, looking at pursuing a career in media and hopefully broadcasting. That was of particular interest. And throughout my studies there, I guess I had other things that I was thinking about, people I was sort of meeting and talking to. So I, I feel I was very fortunate in that sense, um, while still being able to play tennis and continue and keep my options open. But in my third year there, I'd sort of decided to quit. And I think I played some of my best tennis after deciding to quit. (laughs) And I was a little more relaxed and I was feeling quite fit at the time. So it's funny how things fall. And it did make me think, well, maybe I should keep going for a while. But, But against all of that, it's expensive. It was difficult. And I had had some frustrations with injury particularly an illness so just thought no I'm, I'm going to make make the decision and um, try something new and that was the media so I was very fortunate. So it sounds like you had a bit of a plan leading up 
to your retirement, you know, you were studying and you had that goal of media. Do you think more players need to be more aware of their life after sport and be preparing for it, have a bit of an action plan? Look, tennis is, is such an uh, all-consuming thing, as you know. It's, um, when you're involved in tennis, it's, it's what you want to do, uh, who you want to be. You've got very definite goals and routines and you can get very absorbed in, in that tennis bubble. I think uh, for people now playing, I think you've got the best networking opportunities ever when you're on the tennis tour, so use them. Uh, enjoy people around you. Be nice to people. Listen to them. Be curious. Ask questions. Um, because as a professional athlete, you've got a pretty unique entree into a lot of, of worlds. And I would say have a look at those worlds whilst you're still a tennis player. I'm not saying, you know, take time off and do it, but just try and find out about things. And, and I think talking to people and making really, really good um, connections and keeping relationships with interesting people around the world is, is one of those great things that players can do. And they just learn, I think, about different areas. It's interesting because everyone, you know, there's some people that say, you've just got to have a plan A, your goal, you've got to stay focused on that. Because if you focus on a, you know, a plan B, then you're taking away from plan A. But there comes a time when you do need to think about what you're going to do next. There's only a small percentage of players that can retire comfortably and not maybe have to work after, but majority of players do. So it's, I, I, think, it's, I think it's a great idea if players start to think about what they enjoy and what they want to do maybe after sport, because then it doesn't come such as a surprise. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with everything that you've said there. And I do think there's a lot of downtime on tour as well, um, where, where you can use your time well and learn. Um, and, and I do think there's a growing trend there with a lot of the top players who are undertaking degrees that are more flexible these days. And, and they're actually upskilling whilst they're still on tour and thinking about other business opportunities. Uh, top players are all doing that. And I think lesser... Uh, ranked players can do that as well. They may not have the money to, you know, create a candy industry or a fashion empire, but they could certainly think about other things that they could do afterwards and, and build some skills that might help them towards that when they do eventually leave the game. Even if they leave with success and money, it's a very nice thing to have other skills and, and some things that you might be interested in that would give you a great purpose in life no matter how much money you've got you've still got to have a passion and a, a purpose in life I think yeah and I mean you've got to fill your days if COVID's taught us anything that the days are long when you've got nothing to do when you're not working so yeah. I wanted to ask as well do you think the skills that athlete tennis players or athletes that they learn in their pro sporting career are underestimated by themselves so I know when I stopped, you know, you haven't had those five years in an entry-level job after your degree to build, climb up an organisation, but you've got all these other skills in your pocket. Do you think players and athletes need to realise those and what are some of the skills that you've really valued moving into your professional life after sport? I think those transferable skills that tennis players have are not valued enough by the individuals themselves usually. Often they're not aware of them. And, you know, I think even within yourself, you don't know what skills you have till you have to use them sometimes. And I know um, for me with the media, I was very fortunate that moving from tennis, I, I didn't feel that loss as much going into the media because 
working as a, a journalist and, and an interviewer and a live, in a live television situation and that sort of thing. You've, you've got adrenaline, you've got um, a bit of competitiveness, competitiveness there to do a job well. You, you've got the excitement of it and it's quite a, uh, an interesting environment. Now, I, I think what I learned in tennis is, you know, you, you meet a lot of people when you're traveling, you have a great skill set in organizing your travel life, your tennis life, uh, getting along with different people that you meet along the way. And so your communication skills uh, are usually fairly well developed and you can really um, talk to anyone that you meet in different sort of areas of, of the world and society. So I think that's a great skill for work. And it's also that ability, I think, to perform under pressure that, that tennis players have and organisational skills, discipline, and anyone who plays high-level competitive sport particularly, you have to bounce back from the losses. Uh, it's not all about um, the wins. It, it's about how you deal with the losses. And in a workspace, I think that's invaluable because there are disappointments and setbacks and all sorts of things. So I think they're incredibly valuable things. Um, there are many, many, and, and everyone's different, certainly. But I think that you can't say, having played tennis, I wouldn't be able to do X, Y, and Z. I think you're already really well-equipped as uh, a professional athlete to take so many different things on. But it doesn't mean to say that you don't have to learn a lot and um, still apply yourself incredibly to be successful in those other areas. With your work now with the International Club, how, what are some of the challenges you've seen from players that have just retired? Well, I think the um, across all sports, I mean, research is um, overwhelming that the that transition stage from being a professional athlete to life beyond, it, you know, can be a very challenging time and a whole raft of things can arise. But certainly anecdotally uh, with the Australian tennis community and, and the stories I've heard, it, it's about finding something else to do and a purpose and not being sure what you're going to do. Suddenly your routines aren't there. Um, you're in one place, uh, your peer group, has moved on, the traveling circus of the tour has moved on and you're left behind. And even if you've got great connections and you are on social media with a group of friends, it can still be quite an isolating experience from what I've heard from many. Uh, the ones who don't seem to feel it as much are, are people who've perhaps got jobs on the tour or around it and are still part of that world. And so it's as if they've not left and then, in fact, got another really interesting thing to do that is maybe not being as a player. They might be a coach, a hitting partner or involved in some other area of the industry. But I think when people leave that whole world cold, it can be quite a challenging time just to adjust to the change for a start. So, look, I think there are a variety of challenges that tennis players face and one of those is the isolation. And I've certainly heard that from a number of people and the uncertainty about what their next steps might be, uh, particularly if they don't feel uh, prepared for any other sort of um, work, work environment, if they haven't done any studies and they're just not sure what, what the next thing is. And I think that's a time when they really need to get some sort of advice and assistance and really look outside and shop around, if you like, for what that, that best ne next step might be, not rush into anything, but at the same time, uh, proceed with purpose. <laughs> did you ever, did you miss anything when you stopped playing? 
I never talk about myself. You know, I'm usually the interviewer, <laughs> don't you, Karis? And you're asking me questions that I'm sure I've asked so many other people. Uh, I'm loving this. <laughs> <laughs> loving putting me here. Um, I'm sure I missed the competition at the time because I know that's something that I, I love competing and I, I did enjoy that. I mean, you know, I probably lost more than I won over my career, but I still did enjoy that that buzz of competition and putting yourself on the line out there. So that was one thing. But again, I think I found some good replacements for that in my, my workplace. And really, I was so busy as a young person when I quit. Um, also socially, had an amazing time because I was living in one place, <laughs> which I hadn't done since I was at high school. So it, it wasn't that I really missed things, maybe a few people, but um, I, I think I was just in such an exciting new place that I was, I was very fortunate in many ways with friends, then family and, um, and a career that, that was, you know, good fun, good fun. It's true, as you said, that competing aspect, because nothing else in life can compare to it. You, you know, it's not like you can compete in the office of, you know, of who's typing the quickest or something. That's just lame. But it, yeah, so I would say, I, I say to all players, so just like, enjoy it while it lasts because even though the grind and the day in day out life can just seem just so relentless you look back and you're like god they were some great years and I did some amazing travel met some fantastic people and that competition aspect you just can't replicate I went and tried to play basketball again social basketball and I just it just wasn't the same I'm like this doesn't have the same kick (laughs) yeah I remember taking up golf and squash and all sorts of things in those early years. One thing I do regret is not keeping on with my tennis as much. I I put down a racket for for nearly 20 years, even though I was connected still with the tennis world uh, through um, being a a reporter, doing interviews, and then later on with the commentary for for many, many years. It's, It's only in more recent years that I've really wanted very much to get back into the game and my message there is don't leave it too long because you need to keep playing consistently to stay uh, fit and um, and tennis fit particularly and uh, try and avoid the injuries that's my tip <laughs> that sounds like you're a bit rusty when you came back Karen were you <laughs> I'm, I'm rusty continually because I keep having breaks <laughs> due to injury and as I said, when I was younger, just incredibly busy because, you know, raising a family and also, you know, the world I was in, um, I was in a, a fairly male dominated environment, being the first um, female sports journalist in broadcasting in Australia, really commercially. And, and then, you know, different things like that, where you're always, I guess, proving yourself and proving a point. Um, I, I guess that brings, brings in that competitive aspect and, and also the determination that you have from tennis because, you know, those early years were not exactly all easy, even though I had some wonderful colleagues and tremendous experiences. There were also some really tough times, um, you know, being, being a woman in really a man's world in the mid-80s in, in sports television. It sounds like after you left, you were very busy. As you said, you were super busy, flat out with pursuing broadcasting that you sort of probably never had time to consider doing a comeback. We see a lot of athletes come back to the sport, not just tennis, because they feel, you know, unfulfilled. There's things they still wanted to achieve. What's your take on the comebacks and or any advice you have for players to ensure that they don't have that feeling when they have retired of, you know, feeling like they need wanted, they wish they did more? Yeah, well, 
That's that's a really tough one. Um, a lot of, a lot of players may feel like they've failed, that they haven't given their best, and and they would like to go back and do it again. Look, every it, it's very individual. For me, no, I didn't think of coming back. I think I, was, I sort of mentioned there were a couple of months there where I was playing really well and and was thinking, well, maybe I should push on with this. But uh, I th- I think you know within yourself. I think the difficult time. For, for players is when their decision to quit is is not their own. They're forced to retire through injury or illness. And I think then you're really going to have some um, problems with that uh, on an ongoing way because it's unfulfilled. You didn't do everything you wanted to do and you didn't have any choice in the matter. So I think the reasons why people retire are, are very relevant to the way they feel about that retirement and I think if it's not your choice then then that can be a very difficult time and I think you've really got to process that and work on processing it and for some people maybe maybe a comeback is a good idea maybe they they have got more to give with the tennis and if they're still young why not but but everything's individual and I do think you've got to work hard to figure out where you're at and um, also open your mind to other things to find you know other things in life that are going to challenge you yeah that's great advice and thankfully as well to help the tennis community tennis players that are transitioning now from life to life after sport from retirement we have the international club of australia and the beyond the tour initiative so can you tell us karen what's the aim of beyond the tour well, the International Club, for, for a start, is, is a player alumni and we're IC of Australia and there, there are international clubs in over 40 countries around the world. So this is a, an, an international movement of former players who, who've been around in, in the UK and USA for going on 100 years, here in Australia nearly 70. Beyond the Tour uh, was created by the IC uh, last year and it was really in recognition of a gap in the player journey. And it's when you quit that, that things become, I think, really difficult for players. There's a big hole there. As, as we've discussed, there can be challenges as you're moving from the tour to life thereafter. A lot of decisions to make, depending on your circumstances. And our goal is to connect the player community and, and provide a, a cross-generational connection as well with the current players, recently retired players who are transitioning, and the alumni group and, and try and provide support uh, during transition off the tour and, and what that player might need. What that is, it's it's different for every person, but you know, we want to look at things like mentoring, providing networking opportunities, advice, um, and moving in there to really give a helping hand wherever it's needed. So so the IC is really working hard to uh, connect with the current player group. We've got a couple of amazing um, ambassadors uh, in the current player group in Sam Stozer and John Melman, who are IC Beyond the Tour player ambassadors. And they join our um, Beyond the Tour ambassadors, Casey Delacqua, who's not long retired herself, Scott Draper, who's vice president of the IC of Australia as well, and Jeff Masters. And, you know, all of those individuals are working hard to raise awareness about the IC and also getting a really strong player community together to, to connect all of our playing group here in Australia. And I think that'd be just an amazing thing if we can achieve that and help our own where help's needed. Yeah, absolutely. How did the initiative come about? Look, a couple of years ago, we were discussing things like um, mentoring and, and really using the skills of, of our alumni 
to give back because, you know, we've got some, some really great people in our group. And then it, it was the story of, of Peter Doohan, really, former top Australian player who, who really wasn't going so well and, and he had motor neuron disease. And we, we got a fundraiser going for, for Pete in, um, in Melbourne 2019. And many in our community hadn't known that he'd been struggling and unwell. And the overwhelming feeling was, you know, we need to connect with our, our alumni. We need to connect with, with our group, our, our former players um, from Australia. And so we, we started thinking about how we could best do that and what it would look like. So we did the fundraiser for Peter and, and you know, he passed away not long after that. And his family were very strong. When I spoke to them, they, they, they wanted to let us know just how much that meant to Peter, that his tennis family um, got together like that to, to let him know that they cared. And, and to me, that's, that's really part of what the IC is about as well. Then later that year, the passing of, of Todd Reed, who was really a former tennis prodigy. Uh, he passed away in his early 30s and he really struggled after being forced off tour by both illness and injury. And, you know, from all reports, he was feeling very isolated from the tennis community, not really part of it anymore. And, and that's something we really want to help prevent with, with players who leave, particularly not on their own terms, that, that feeling of, of isolation that they might feel and of not being valued in, um, in the tennis community. And, you know, because you're not a player anymore or you might, might have failed to live up to the expectations that others or you set for yourself, whatever that reason might be. So we're just trying to um, be around to provide any sort of advice, uh, support, you know, referral, anything really that player wants. We decided that we'd like to really raise awareness about getting... Our, our player community together, uh, tell people about the IC, say, hey, join us. We're, we're going to really um, get some strength in this beyond the tour area and help each other connect so we know what, what situation people are in and, and then try and um, help people if they need it. And we're doing some fundraising too to support our efforts in these areas. Yeah, Karen, I think it's fantastic, the initiative and what you guys are doing. Even though we've all you know, all competed against each other, maybe we can still come together after that and, you know, be there for each other. I think that's a really lovely thing about tennis um, because it's such an individual sport, but to be able to have that then community feel such as with Beyond the Tour, I think is great. Yeah, I I think so too. And and look, people seem to be really um, responding to it. I think we've never really had a strong player alumni in the past in Australia. And I really think that um, current players think there's a need for it. And certainly the past players do. So I think, you know, there's a lot of work to do to, to raise awareness and get the message out, but we've got some great people doing it for us now. And, and I'm really hopeful that we can succeed. Yeah. What are you most proud of so far? I know it's in its very early stages, but what's, you know, made you so proud and looking forward to the future? That's a good question. Um, a lot about it, really, but certainly the buy-in from some of the younger people who uh, this resonates with, and I think that's that's very satisfying. And also just being able to help in any small way. A number of people that I know last year I spoke to, it, it was really the first contact they'd had from anyone um, about their careers. and. 
I think just the act of recognising someone's career when they've, they've left the game is a really important one. And I've loved that moment when we've done that at some of our events, because I think that um, speaks to the fact that the players maybe haven't valued their careers enough, that they, they just, it, it wasn't recognised and they just slipped off into life after the tour and people said, oh, what happened to them? Are they still playing? No, they're not. Well, I think every professional player who's, who's tried to make um, a, a living from tennis uh, deserves to have their careers and their efforts recognised. And that's something that I feel very strongly um, that the IC and we will do through Beyond the Tour. And I feel proud of that. Karen, it's fantastic to see already what the Beyond the Tour is doing and I'm really excited to see how it progresses and gets even bigger into the future. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing about your experience transitioning from life after sport and how you're helping others now. Thanks so much, Karis, and thanks for your interest and involvement and uh, I'll be keeping in touch with you Beyond the Tour. Thanks a lot. It'll only cost you 20 minutes. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Karen. Big thanks to Karen for coming on and sharing her journey of what life was like when she stopped playing and also about the work she's doing now with the International Club. If you wanted to ask your own question, head on over to our Facebook group. It's where we get to collaborate and you get to be a part of the podcast process and ask the questions. See you next week. Teach me in 20. Teach me in 20.